0: For listening to Let's Talk. I'm Dr. Hassan Batts in the studio. We have Michael Richardson, who defines himself as a loving father. Welcome, Michael. So how you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for joining us, man. And, and to our listeners, they're not familiar with you, right? Tell the listeners a bit, a little bit about who is Michael Richardson. What, what has your journey been? Your ancestors, like your background, family of origin,
1: just the just the basics. Who are you, man? Well, my name is Michael Richardson. I'm a Brooklyn boy. I grew up in Brooklyn, during some hard times, but I feel like those shaped me to be the person I am today. I like to say I'm a I'm very forgiving. I like to think, take things day by day, and one of my best sayings is that I don't take yesterday into today.
0: Mm. So you, 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 you believe in like this kind of fresh start, clean slate
1: thing, right? Yeah, Um. growing up during the crack era, you know, I've had some family members who, you know, who've always had to, you know, and I, I I don't want to say be forgiven, but that's just what you've seen. You know, they come in and out until they get on the right track. So to me, you know, I, I think I've grown up with being able to give second chances more easily than others because it was just always the natural thing to do.
0: So you, you watched addiction firsthand in your community, and not only in your community, I'm hearing you say in your home and in your family.
1: Yes, yes. And you,
0: it, it's... Instead of making you bitter, it's helped you become more compassionate and forgiving.
1: Yes, I believe so. I, I know so. You know, um I mean, it's some things you, you, you gotta, you know, have a, some boundaries about but for the most part you learn I think through going through some of the things I went through in terms of addiction and family members being addicted that you gotta let people have second chances, third chances, fourth chances. That's right, that's right. You know, fifth chances, sixth chances. chances. You know, because yeah. you, I mean, at the age that I learned about addiction or actually saw it, I could say I didn't really understand it, but I knew it was a loved one who wasn't acting normal.
0: Mm, but you didn't know why.
1: What I didn't really on. know why, you know what I'm saying? So
0: now at, at at almost 50 years old, right, what is your understanding of addiction? How well, has it evolved or changed?
1: I think, so addiction stays the same, I would say, you know, I think a lot of I think we become more understanding of it mm-hmm. in a sense, myself I would say a former addict, I know it comes from stress, it comes from complications of life, you know what I'm saying so mm. um once we start learning how to express ourselves, okay, I think that helps a lot you know I would say i'm a you know men have this thing where they have to you know pound their chest and hide emotions and all that stuff, so I think once you get past that, I think.
0: Whatever. Now I'm a man. I don't know if I have to do that. You, you can't speak for all men
1: with well, that. I'm not saying pound your <laughs> chest in terms of that, but you, you got to, you know, sometimes you got to hide we, gotta we, hide. We're not stuff. able to
0: express ourselves and what we're wrestling. We, we, yeah. we deal with it in isolation at
1: times. You get looked at funny. Yeah. You get looked at yeah. differently. Yeah. You get told that's not what a man is supposed to be, that people aren't, that by people who aren't men. You know what I'm saying? So, so. when you're
0: talking about male mental health, Right. You're saying oftentimes we don't have those outlets. Yes. And and it can lead to substance use. Correct. There, there, there are even some folks that don't like that language of addiction, right, that they would say that people use substances that they're not addicted to it, or some people use the disease model. There are a couple of different approaches that, right. that, that, that folks use. So, But you were going to say something about e- emotional like um, support and communication and things yeah, like that?
1: that. That support system is real, um, having somebody who doesn't judge you. Like, my idol is my older brother that, you know, I watched him have his addictions from when I was 10, 10 years old, mm. being in crack houses with my mother looking for him. Mm. And even after, he still remained my idol. So, throughout his, his use, he was still your idol? He was still my idol. What, say more about that. It's just like, you know, you grow what up. What is it about him? I mean, when you know somebody's true self, yeah, it's hard for you to look at him any differently. Because mm-hmm. you, know you see the truth. I seen his truth. Regardless I up of the behaviors,
0: him. you see, you see his truth, his right. greatness.
1: You know, it was confusing because it's like, wow, what happened? Yeah. But then now, as I'm older and I've struggled with my own addictions, I see life happened, mm. and he didn't have certain outlets. Like I know that because I talked to him. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I know. You know, I know as as being a black man growing up in America, I know the challenges that we face are very hard. And as I watch my brother take courses that I didn't take and I'm talking you know he worked. Like he, you know, whether he went through his thing, he had a job. Mm-hmm. You know, he was married, he had children. And then to see, you know, you know so you you watch somebody do the right thing sometimes or what they say is the right things, and still fall short. It is it's hard not to still look at them as an idol, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cuz they doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. still doing it. You know, I it, I couldn't look at him any any other way. You know, he taught me how to draw. I love drawing. He, he he's just to me he's just he was always an artist from a young age and that's how I was able to express myself. So I, he helped me be able to express myself whether I was writing on the wall in the classroom or <laughs> you know in the in the apartment building or on on or paper that I stole from him. You know what I'm saying? But Drawing, drawing was one of your outlets. Drawing was more, definitely one of my drawing and writing. So, I, and I, I, I went from drawing to writing because I wasn't that good at drawing. Okay, you know what I'm saying. But I got that from him. You know, so
0: so I, I know your brother, right? So yes. I know he's still living. Give him his flowers. What What would you like to say to your brother that you're often not able to say to him?
1: That I love him, and that you know he's always done a good job at being him. And I always felt like he doesn't think that's enough,
0: mm, which contributes to his pain, probably. Exactly. So, so what can people who have a family member that's wrestling with addiction do or say to them? Like, what's your message to the individual that's watching their brother, watching their mom, watching their father?
1: I think you just have to be there for them, any way you can. You know, I, you know, you know. I give my brother anything I can if if, if I believe in it and I know he believes in it. I think they just need that support. You know? So that's your message, support your people. To support your people. You got to have boundaries, of course. I was
0: wondering if you were going to
1: say yeah, that. Yeah, you definitely got to have boundaries. Okay. You know, but I mean, I don't want to say if I'm a gazillionaire, I'm going to keep feeding them. But if I know it's not going to drugs, I'm not going to hold that over somebody's head. Like cause okay. somebody would be like, I gave you this already, you know, and they may have in the back of their mind, they used to get high off Percocets or something. But if you really know that's not what it's going toward, they might just need help. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He just might need help. And it's not always
0: financial, right? It,
1: it's not always financial. It, be, it could be an ear. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It could be a ride to the store, so so it can be an ear. You know what I'm saying? So, so
0: back to how you started. You start over every day. You're not going to define your loved one based off their worst actions. No. You're going to define them based off who's sitting in front of you and the greatness that you see in them. Yes. Okay. You talked about growing up in Brooklyn. What was that like?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> Growing up in Brooklyn, it seemed normal at the time. Mm. But I I couldn't remember. I'm from
0: Brooklyn. I know there's nothing normal about growing up in Brooklyn (laughs) in the 80s, man. Yeah,
1: it seemed normal at the time. But what I do remember, I I still remember this, this, this conversation I had with my friend. It was either Kai or Petey. And they lived over by Tilden Projects or Marcus Garvey. And I always thought those was the worst projects. So we was walking one day. And we was just talking, to, and it was like, I was like, Yo, y'all come with me around my way? And they was just like, no, we not coming with you over there. And I just didn't understand why. And they was like, you live over there by Rutland, ah And I was, I, I mean, I always shook it off, but, you know, as I've gotten older, as I've dealt with everything I've dealt with, I understand I've grown up with PTSD for so long and haven't realized it until you start talking to other people you start realizing where, you know, why you are the way you are. You know what I'm saying? So so what was it about your neighborhood that had them afraid
0: to go to your neighborhood?
1: Like I, I, I know yeah, yeah. I know the
0: nineties, I know Rutland Plaza, right. but our listeners don't, right? So That's right. So you talk about PTSD. What are the things, what what, what are the experiences we're talking about?
1: And but, what age how old are you? Ages, right? It was a lot of killing over there at the plaza, a lot of drugs, a lot of drugs. I mean, now that I think about it, it's, I mean, it was my childhood, but it was horrible. Yeah. You got crackheads in your hallway. Like, I still know the stench of crack when I smell it to this day.
0: And you don't realize at the time that that's not normal?
1: That's not normal. Like even coming when out I the door it, and smelling yeah, it. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Yeah. How did that inform your decision-making? Oh, it kept me on point. I mean, I'm not going to say I made the best decisions, but I... I made sure I stayed out of the way sometimes. You know, as kids, you know, you're going to get in some trouble. But, you know, I know I didn't want to end up like, you know, some of my friends that I watched die mm. or when some of my friends I heard got killed. And um, you say
0: that still like it's normal, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's harsh because even when I see some lives or Facebook lives that, that are from my area where I used to live at, it still looks the same.
0: Forty years later,
1: it's still the same. yeah. 40 years later, still the same. People still dying over there, still drugs. So what,
0: what message do you have for the youth, right? Like when you think about their, their youth that are still growing up in those conditions, whether it's Brooklyn or Chicago or Detroit, what message do you have for them?
1: It always gets better. It may take time. You always have to adapt to your environment, but you don't have to always partake in what's going on in your environment. Hmm if that makes sense. Say
0: a little more about that. Adapt to your environment, but don't partake in it.
1: A lot of my friends I grew up with was either selling drugs or they were shooters. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was, I would say from- Shooters meaning shooting people. Shooting people. Probably from the age, from 12, till I moved from Brooklyn, from 18. So I knew them, I hung around them in my building I didn't hang out with certain people outside the building, you know what I'm saying? I knew better. They had beef. A lot of my friends went out, out of town to go sell drugs. They was my friends. I mean, that's what they was, but I didn't have to partake in it okay. to to be friends with them. Like, I still stayed Mike. Okay. Like, I still went to school. I still hung out. I still played basketball. You know, you don't have to, like, I didn't have to pick up the gun to be cool, with my friend who had a gun
0: so you're telling them that they can be themselves they can still have a childhood they yes. can still play sports and, and, and sometimes it may not feel like that
1: right yeah you, I mean peer pressure is real but it's also the, the pressure that falls on you it's, it's going to be up to you it's, it's, if you care what somebody really thinks that's going to be more pressure on you you just build up your confidence in yourself you know what I'm saying it may take a. it's, it's like anything it'll take time
0: all right, what's a historical event that, that sticks
1: with you throughout your life? A historical event that happened yeah, like, across like, the world? So, so, so
0: some of our guests will say the murder of Martin Luther King or the... the. So I was
1: uh, alive for, right? Yeah. That's what you mean? Yeah. I would say Barack becoming president. Okay.
0: The, the presidency of Barack Obama. That's a big one. That's, I guess based on our age, you know.
1: Our age, yeah. you know, it, the significance of it or the mm-hmm. what it showed people. In terms of the possibilities. The possibilities, yeah, because right. you know, people don't always believe. That's right. You know, So it's a sim- sim- symbolism of it, mm-hmm. right? You're listening
0: to Let's Talk. We're going to take a, a quick break and come back. I'm here with Michael Richardson. When we return, we're going to talk about this idea of fatherhood. You define yourself as a loving father. So we've talked about who you are and how you got here. And next we're going to talk about fatherhood. We'll be right back. Thank you to the members of WDIY for making all the programming you hear possible. Becoming a WDIY member is the best way to support your listening and to ensure WDIY will be here for the next person in our community to discover. Make your membership gift today at 610-694-8100 extension 4 or WDIY.org. We couldn't be here without you. Welcome back. This is Dr. Hassan Bats. You're listening to Let's Talk. Uh, we're in the studio with Michael Richardson. Mike, I want to ask you a question. Most of my guests never get, but I know that you will. Cam had a song, Cameron, had a song that said, What Means the World to You? you remember that song? Yes, sir. That's the, that's the question right now of the next segment. What means the world to you? My children,
1: being able to provide for them. Or, or that might be what bothers me not being able to always provide for them but my mm. children means the world to me period
0: period period because cam had some other answers right yeah he had a whole he had a whole lot of answers Yeah, he
1: had a whole lot of answers a whole lot of confusing answers too. If, that's if, right if, if that's if the right so ain't grounded
0: so so what means the world to your children tell us about that and, and even your even your identity right like so I asked you how do you want to be identified you said as a loving father and that that I felt that, right? Because there's so many words that you can use and titles that you can use. I mean, you're an entrepreneur. You're a serial entrepreneur, right? Yes. You're you're a supervisor. You're a community leader. You're a friend. You're a husband. You're a son. You're a brother. We talked about your brother in the last episode. But you were, like, so confident with the answers, a loving father.
1: What does that mean? Well, father to you know, when you grow up without having your father in your home, I think it hits different. Not that he wasn't around, but you try to correct the things that you didn't have when you grow up. Mm. Me knowing I didn't have my father in my house, that meant a lot to me to be around. To be to in be the present, household. To be in the household.
0: So you think there's a difference? You you, you you can feel the difference and see the difference of being in the household with a, a parent or father figure and not being in the household with
1: a parent? Yes. Or figure. I think it's definitely a difference. And then, you know, the love aspect of it is. You really, men giving love to children looks different than women giving love, or that's the perception. I love hugging all my kids. I love kissing on them. I would love waking up in bed right now with all six of my kids in bed with me, from age twenty-four to two.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I, I'm the I'm the parent that gets mad when they fall. You know, I don't I. I I'm not gonna say I would try. I, I, I don't want my kids to fall. I don't want them to hurt themselves. You know. Mm. I'm very protective of them. You know I used to love taking my oldest daughter to get her hand nails done. You know. So what? what I, I I just loved being around them. I love them having a father figure and having somebody there to protect them. You know. And not saying that the mother or mothers can't protect them, but you know, I enjoy. I enjoyed the protection part of it, and I enjoyed the nurturing part of it. There
0: is um what, one thing about you, yeah. I'm glad you got to that nurturing part. Is you're someone that always has a child with them, like for the most part, right? Like you always have one of your kids with you. You've always been that way, um, and 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 you're saying that some of that is grounded in not having your father directly involved in your life, right? But you enjoy it. You enjoy them when they're babies. You enjoy their companionship. Like, you
1: know, I think, you know, growing up, you watch. People go to work, leave their kids somewhere, and come home. You know, and how can you build a real relationship like that? It's like rushed. So like when you get home, you got to cram stuff in. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, my life has basically been, I built my life to be able to not have to depend on somebody to watch my kids. So you talking about daycare and things like that. Daycare, yeah, you, yeah. Daycare, you know, even school sometimes, like you know. So you want to be an actively involved father. You, you, actively, yes. I want to be there for them. I, I rather, I rather be around my children than them be around teachers who don't love them. You know what I'm saying? Or stuff. That's know, if, if that makes sense. Nah,
0: that's powerful. That's
1: powerful because you love them. Because I love them, and you know, just teaching them, you know, just everyday stuff. Have you ever homeschooled any of them? Yes. Yes, and it was the best thing of my life. Wow. And you said you have six children. I have six children. From two to twenty four, did you say? Yes. Who's yeah. your favorite? Who's my favorite? The favorite is always the youngest at first. Well <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you can answer that question. Yeah, any any parent can answer that. If they can't, they lying. <laughs> they lying, I'm telling you. you. You know, you always so age groups is always different. So the youngest is always gonna be the favorite, especially if they under a certain age. So okay. my youngest is two. So you you you're an older father. What's that like? You've got a 2-year-old
0: and a 24-year-old. Those are those are two different it's, generations, it's two different man. Genera-
1: it's it's crazy. It's, I believe children keep us young, though. And if you if you if you open to everything, it'll keep you relevant to what's going on, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know, you'll understand, you know, but you know, just being able to love children and see them the brightness in their eyes. You know, it's, it's pretty dope.
0: So you keep talking about this loving and, and, and protecting them. What's your message to your children? What what do you want them to know from the 24-year-old to the 2-year-old?
1: The message I want them to know, mistakes happen. Okay. Never be afraid to ask for help. Okay. And always know that you loved. Listen,
0: it, th- those three things can get them through life, man. Mistakes happen never be afraid to ask for help, and always know that you're loved.
1: Yeah.
0: That'll, that'll help you uh, make good decisions, fight the blaming and shaming. Um, we talked about addiction earlier, right? Yep. Help you to, to overcome addiction, mental health challenges.
1: Is it easy? No, it's not easy because, you know, everybody doesn't always see eye to eye. Everybody always has their own opinions of things. So it's, you, you have to learn to work, work it so it can work. So if, if it's two parents and y'all all both got y'all opinions about stuff, you got to make it work for the child, you know. So if I'm trying to say something and then they trying to say something, try to decipher it and make it come together. Yeah, so you're talking about co-parenting now, which is, which is not easy. Yes.
0: My, my wife always says, you know, we have to put the child at the center of the conversation. And that's what I hear you saying, that we have to put our children at the center of the conversation. So it's yes. not about your needs and it's not about your wife's needs so much as what is going to make our children whole, healthy, and able to thrive, right? That's right,
1: because if we don't, we wind up affecting the child, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm speaking from experience I, you know, I got six, they ain't, everything ain't always perfect, so you, you kinda see where you could've done better at. Where could you have done better? <laughs> where I could've done better, you gotta, as a, as a man, we have to make better decisions. We have to make better decisions and we can't always I don't wanna I don't wanna say the word be be lustful, but we have to understand not fall into the traps of what society says, like meaning like go from this relationship to that relationship. You gotta learn how to make stuff work sometimes. So you're saying stick stick with it, work through the problems and, and if they could be worked out, don't always be so quick to leave. And that's part of parenting. Yes.
0: As a father, don't be always so quick to leave. Spend some time, work them out. Yeah, mm.
1: because you don't want to be problem. You know, num problems come when they start being numbers. You know what I'm saying? So
0: what do you mean numbers? You don't want
1: to have um. You don't want to have children all over the place when you and now you're dealing with different personalities. So, so, so your children could say, "Papa was a rolling stone." Papa was a rolling stone. You know. Um,
0: how many how many different uh, mothers do you have to your six children?
1: I have three children's mothers. Okay. One's my wife. I have three children with my wife. I have two children with another one, and then I have one with someone else. Okay. So that's a, you know that's that's three personalities with my one, and then you know whatever else comes with all of that throughout the years. And you have
0: a strong personality, man. It's not like you're an easy person to.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm. A, I'm a, a Taurus. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we the, we bulls. Is that what they say? Yeah, we bulls. You know, um, whoever believes in that, but it's it's real. You got to learn to bend. When you don't want to bend, you know. I, I was going through my thing today. You know. You know. Sometimes you feel like you give up. Sometimes, and that's not something I want to do. So I had to reach out to my son and you know send him a little text. You know. Hopefully he texts back. But if he don't, you know, I got to just keep trying because, you know, that's what happens when you when you spread yourself thin. You know.
0: I had a friend that told me you know, when, when, when me and one of my children were, you know, kind of estranged. It just consistency, man. Yes. You know, it was every day, every week sending out that text, and, and it has since brought us back together much closer, right? Like when we communicate every day.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah, so sometimes we need consultation from like our community, like just, just consistency. To that point, when you say a loving father, where, how, and from whom did you learn to be a father and a loving father at that? Because you said your father wasn't in the home with you. How did you learn to, to be that and to do that? I
1: always go back to what I didn't have. I ain't. I ain't have a dad taking me to get a haircut. I ain't have a dad taking me shopping. I ain't have a dad coming to my basketball games. I ain't have a dad just chilling home with me drawing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and it was time. You know, I'm not. I wasn't always around in terms of that, but you know, I had more time, or more thought to do more stuff with them because I seen what I didn't have. You know, so whether we go into the park, fishing. You know all that stuff matters. Did you fish? I mean, I fished. Yeah. You know, I bought, I bought, I bought my two boys fishing probably ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, but but I mean, you know, it's just stuff like that. You know, it's the little things. Because cause it's building you. memory. That's right. You know what, what I'm right. saying? So I, you know, the building the memory part. And I saying I ain't built no memories with my pops, but you always get we we get better. So. My pops was that generation. I got better, so with but every generation, generation fathers should become. Yeah, brother. you know. So, so, what's the
0: message that you want your children? What's What's How do you want them to define you? My father is, or my father was blank. What do you want to come after that? My father loved me. That's huge. My huh. father loved me. Three boys, three girls.
1: Four girls, two boys. Yeah, four girls, two boys. Zania's is twenty-four. Mikey's 19, Marcus is 15, Michaela's 11, Malia's 6, and Miracle is 2.
0: You didn't stop, huh?
1: Well, you know,
0: I think... Every four years
1: it's that's, to That's how you got to do it. <laughs> Don't have a 24-year-old and then wait to have a 2-year-old. You know, you got to fill the sandwich well, up.
0: Well, 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 wait a because I have a 26-year-old <laughs>
1: and a 10-month-old, so...
0: So I had a a, a, a twenty five year gap between mine. There's different ways of looking at the world.
1: You know, well, yeah, that that too, you know. So you stopped, got yourself together. Oh. so now you could give your baby boy everything.
0: So who's the most like you?
1: Sheesh. I see I see pieces of me in all of them. So Zania Zania's like me. She's like me. Yeah,
0: Zania's the most like me. The twenty four year old. Yeah. Twenty four year old daughter. Okay, message for Zania.
1: Message for Zania. Keep doing you, baby. All right, we're going to need you to get these out. We only got a couple minutes. Message for Mikey. Just remember what I keep telling you. All right, that's, that's a secret father-son. Secret father-son. <laughs> message for Michaela. Message for Michaela is, slow down, baby. It's no rush. Message for Bia. Your beautiful soul. Message for Miracle. OMG. <laughs> that's, that's the and message we forgot Marcus
0: uh, my apologies uh, message from Marcus daddy loves you now uh, a message for 10 year old Mike what, w- what would you say to 10 year old Mike in the plaza in Rutland, wrestling with the things you're wrestling with what would you want him to know
1: don't worry it'll be alright
0: Michael thank you for joining us this has been one of the uh, most probably heartfelt interviews that I've done I appreciate you Anything you want to say to the people in closing?
1: we got to start learning to open up and share the stuff that's bothering us and learn to talk about it. You are listening to Let's Talk. I'm Dr. Hassan Batz
0: here in the uh, studio with Michael Richardson, a loving father that says you have to learn to share the things that are bothering you and that tomorrow is a new day. Boom. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk. Be well. Peace. Be well. If you enjoyed this program, please go to WDIY.org or the WDIY app to share or become a WDIY member.